Amen, amen. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? All right, everything's out of my way, right? Because we got a new stage set up, and I'm gonna, I'm not, I know I'm going to hear a crunch. I'm oh, sorry, sorry. That's, that looked expensive. What's that? Okay, <laughs> that's right. It's actually got a pedal and everything, doesn't it? That's pretty cool. Man. Um, I love to hear, uh, the, the. by the way, again, I just love our music, but I love to hear the, you know, I, I sit up front, I love to hear people just, just sing in a way, you know, just, just consuming this place um, with praise and worship of our, of our of our God. Man, it's very cool. Very cool stuff. Guys, my name is Casey. I, I, I got, some new, got some new faces in here this morning. If I didn't get a chance to meet you, I, man, I, I apologize. I definitely want to meet you. Um, we are um, a new church. We've been here not even, not even a year yet. And um, we are, uh, if, you, if you kind of want to know a little bit more about us, man, I would love to sit and talk with you. Just uh, fill out that connect card, kind of what Lissa said on the, on the video. Fill that out, kind of let us uh, know a little bit about you. Um, you really don't have to put your social on there if, unless you want to. I'm kidding. But um, you do, but do, uh, do just kind of kind of talk about um, you know, where you're at. And if you'd like a phone call, if you'd like a visit, if you'd like anything like that, if you need prayer, you know, any of those things, you can also put that on your uh, Connect card as well. Um, and if you want to just know about what this crazy church has been all about for the last uh, you know, 10 months or whatnot, 11 months now almost, um, yeah, put that, uh, you know, mark down that you want to come out of the city walk and check it out and see what the heck we uh, believe and why we're here. Um, yeah, we're going to change that up a little bit and uh, kind of when we do that and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of a, it's really kind of a neat, neat thing that God's doing in our uh, church. Amen. Amen. A um, couple of, if you guys uh, have been with us for a little while, you know that we were going through something called the story which it was an, it's an abridged version of the Bible. It's a uh, kind of takes excerpts from the scriptures, put them in chronological order, gives some commentary, helps us understand the scriptures a little bit more. We believe that the Bible is the inspired, inerrant word of God. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to see, hey, where, where do we stand as a church here? Um, I guess statistically, if you will, most people in America in the church have real reservations, even though they call themselves Christians, even though they come to church, even though they serve in the church, they have real reservations about a lot of things in Scripture and really honestly believing everything about God that he says he is. So we want to be able to address some of those things properly and want to know where we're at. So I love and appreciate you guys taking the time to, to do those things. But we are the, the story that we have been going through that we're taking a break from for a few weeks is that we've basically wanted to point you to the Scriptures and help you understand it a little bit more. And so... What we did was we went from creation to, uh, to basically all the way through the Old Testament. We finished up, uh, was it last week, I think? We finished up a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, we finished up the uh, Old Testament. That's right, we had video, uh, video ser- uh, Matt speaking through video last week, which we will do periodically about kind of where we're going as a church and, and that kind of thing. But you know, we finished up the Old Testament, and now we're in this Christmas season, right? And you hear people all the time saying things like, you remember the reason for the season, yeah. Right? You hear that. You hear that said a lot. You hear people going things, say that kind of thing, and sometimes it just drives me bonkers, right? Because we all say stuff like that, but do we really mean it, right? Uh, like we know what the like intellectually, yes, we acknowledge that Jesus is the reason for the season. We're celebrating the birth of Christ in our culture, if you will. Um, we're celebrating, this is the reason for this, why we've got Christmas trees, why we got parades, why we got gifts, why we got songs getting sung like crazy all the time. 
and, and we say we got to remember the reason for the season. But let's be honest with ourselves. If we're going to be honest, which we we got to be, it's just if we're going to take these assessments and stuff and find out where we're at, we got to take ourselves to just talk to ourselves a little bit and say, self, do I really follow the reason for the season? Like I, like I believe it. Yeah, I know why. But do I actually follow the reason for the season? So we've got a great opportunity in our culture right now because everybody's talking about Jesus. Amen. Like like it's not like it's going to come up. It's Christmas. It's like. Oh, Christ in that word. That's, yeah, so it's kind of one of those things that we have the, a great opportunity. This is like an evangelist dream. That's why some people like love the, the Christmas season. See, I, I get kind of freaked out by Christmas a lot of times. I, my, like, what happens for a lot of us, and a lot of, I know some of you love, how many people love Christmas? Like, woo, Christmas time. I love me some Christmas. See, Judy loves Christmas, and, and I'm like, I don't know about this time of year, All right? For me, here's what happens. I, I, like people, I, I'll see on Facebook only 847 more days till Christmas. And I go, oh, 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 that's it's we're still in April, right? And so, so I'll, I'll see stuff like that, and and, I'll, and it'll kind of freak me out a little bit because here's what happens. See, I'm like a I'm like an achiever, and I like to lead a church. Like, like I'm leading us and wanted to do. We have a lot of leaders here, and we're going to do certain things that God has called us to do. Can I get an amen? See, we're going to do that. We're going to pursue our city like crazy. We're going to love, love, love people here. We're going to pursue people here. We're gonna, we're gonna, we want people to come to know God. We're going we're gonna to go into the community do all kinds of things. Here's what happens a lot of times starting around July. We're like, hey, man, we got some things going on. And you hope people say, well, let's do this after, tell me, first of the year, yeah. <laughs> Kind of confused you a little bit. But, but like, like starting, starting like around July, people start getting into this season mode. I'm a little bit of an exaggeration. My apologies. We're pretty literal to here too. So when I say we literally believe the literal word of God, yeah, I got you. Okay, I'm sorry about that. But yeah, you, but it's like we get toward the end of the year and people get in this mode, right? And so what, we, what we're looking at is, is like how do we get out of that if God's calling us to do things, no matter what it is, because here's what will happen. We'll say, we'll start that after the first of the year. First of the year comes, well, it's a little bit cold, right? Springtime hits. Hey, it's not cold anymore. Yeah, I know, but it's springtime. we got to get our stuff ready. we got soccer, and we got all this kind of stuff going on. Then summer hits, and, and all the kids are out of school. Well, you know, we're going on vacation and stuff like that. We're going to do that when the kids go back to school. Kids go back to school. We're like, well, it's really too busy right now. We're going to have to, because the kids are starting back to school, so let's wait till after the first of the year. I mean, it never stops, right? We will always use an excuse to not do what God wants us to do because we're too busy or we got too much going on. And see, what I'm trying to what I, what I'm trying to portray to you is that we're starting this. You saw the sign, you saw the bulletin. We got this whole series called Unscrooged. And what does it mean to to get out of the the, the selfishness of, of the of the world? And a lot of times, selfishness looks like generosity. Like we'll go and give gifts and we'll go do all this, but we're like running around like crazy really don't have the time to do what God wants us to do because we're too busy and we got to wait till after the first of the year, which never comes. You catch what I'm saying on that? See, unscrooged is about, is about what does it mean to be the world screwed, being a scrooge of the world and to unscrooge ourselves with that. I have this concept that I talked about a little while, while back and I have yet to talk to you guys about it, but, but you know, the world feeds us a bunch of crap. Like, our minds are full of just all kinds of stuff and all kinds of misconceptions. And I want to introduce this series and to be thinking about basically 
this being a brain enema. Is that cool? It's disgusting. You're gross. Let's, let's say stuff like that. But think about that, man. We got to get this stuff flushed out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. If I hear a rubber glove snapping, I'm like, whoa, wrong. No, wait a minute. But, but think about that, man. I want to be thinking about this stuff getting flushed out of your mind, man. Because, I mean, it's gonna, people are going to get going to pull you. We need your money for this. We got Black Friday for this. We got Cyber Monday for that. We got all this kind of stuff going on. Ooh, Boxing Day or whatever that is, day after Christmas, when everybody boxes stuff back up and says, we don't want it, right? Give us my money back. I don't know. But all this kind of stuff going on, man, this quote-unquote holiday season can just wipe us out. And if we're going to really truly follow the reason for the season, not just remember the reason for the season, we need to look in God's word and say, what is the reason for this so we can follow him? Luke 2, verses 1 through 7 says this, and this is the, the, the birth of Jesus. So we see, and I don't know what it's supposed to talk about that until like the Christmas week, but since we're not meeting Christmas week, we'll talk about it now. Is that cool? All right. Church is going to be left the building. In those days... Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Now, I want to kind of back up and pause a little bit because in our Shawnee campus, my buddy Monai and Chris Moix has given a, a much more in-depth historical uh, apologetic for this. Like he's going he's gonna, to, so I recommend that if you, if you have heard the, things like there is, this is not historically accurate or these things didn't happen, that kind of thing, he's actually going to address that a lot more specifically than I am today. But I can tell you that these things are historically accurate. One of the things I love about the Bible is it names specific places at specific times with specific locations. Verse 2, this was the first census that, was, that took place while, ooh, somebody help me out with this one. Quirinius, all right, kill Quirinius. Okay, you, you said it. Was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph, who was, uh, was uh, Jesus' uh, earthly dad, also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to, Jude- to Judea, to, the, to Bethlehem, the town of David. Because he belonged to the house and line of David, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths. And placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Now, this being the Christmas story, we see the nativity scenes. We see all that kind of stuff going on. It's great. It's awesome. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. But understand something. This isn't a a miraculous thing that happened. This is something that was predicted hundreds of years prior to Jesus ever coming. Micah 5 talked about the fact that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem's a little tiny bitty city. I mean, it's like, like a very insignificant, not significant historically, but significant in size and in culture and in influence. And so, so it said this little town is going to have the Savior of the world born in it. And there were hundreds of things like that. That's why I'm like, man, Jesus is so very, very, very generous. God is so very, very generous to us. Man, he sent like, this is what he's going to look like when he comes. This is where he's going to be born. This is what he's going to do. This is where he's got, how he's going to die. And he's going to be, he's risen from the grave again. Like 300 specific predictions. How generous it is that God has done that for us. Amen. Because here's what happens. Like, if I'm God, thank God I'm not, right? You guys are like, whew, man, thank God. God, you're so great. You're so, but if I'm God, I'm like, man, you got, I created you guys out of my own image. You're the one that sinned. You're the one that messed up. You're the one that was stupid, basically. You're on your own now. Figure it out. 
But he didn't, did he? He goes, yes, you messed up, but I love you. And I'm going to send my son, and, and this is what he's going to look like. He's going to be born here, and the dead are going to be raised, and the, the blind are going to see, and the deaf are going to hear, and the, and the mute are going to be able to speak. And he's going to, be, he's going to die in a certain way, and he's going to rise and, and overcome death. And how generous is God is that he gives us his stuff over and over and over, and we don't have to figure it out. We don't have to guess. Well, I hope this is the right way. God's like screaming at us like, hey, this is it, right? This is it. How God is generous. And how is he generous in this passage, by the way? Because you think about, well, he, you know, he's born in this passage. But, but understand something. He, he empties himself. If you want to start filling out your bulletins, you can either in your app or on the bulletin itself. He empties himself to, to come as a man. I mean, you think about that, man. Like Philippians 2 talks about Christ emptying himself, and we are to have that, that same mindset of Christ. And I imagine that it probably didn't feel good for Jesus to come. And I've heard people say that, man. Like, like you've heard people say, well, you know, I'd like to do this, but I don't, I don't feel like it right now. I'm, I'm, I don't feel like doing what Jesus told me to do. I don't feel like doing what the Bible has. You know, it depends on how I feel. You've heard people say that, and we have probably like, submitted to our feelings versus Submitting to the supernatural power of Jesus. We've probably done that a few times. But imagine Jesus here on his throne, right? Imagine these being the heavenly host. And the heavenly host like, you're holy, you're holy, you're holy. And imagine Jesus probably didn't feel like being born and you're cold. I mean, man, you're holy, you're holy, you're holy. It's all he could hear, right? And then, boom, poopy diapers, colic, hungry, my, my, Right? You're holy, you're holy, you're holy. Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Think, man, he didn't feel like that. I mean, I'm thinking about Jesus sweating drops of blood, dude freaking out at the Garden of Gethsemane, man, saying, Father, is there any other way? But not my will. Your will be done. See, obedience is not natural. Obedience, much of the time, comes despite how we feel. That's why it's a supernatural thing. It's kind of like one of the main points of the Bible is that don't submit to your natural self, submit to the supernatural power of, of Christ. My uh, high school teacher, he's a German dude, and uh, still on Facebook, still around, still kicking. He was an older guy when he was uh, one of my teachers in high school. His name is Hoyle Doyle Heiberger, man. He's a <laughs> We called him HD, man. He was a German guy. And every time he wanted us to sit down and shut up, he'd go, sit down and read. <coughs> but he posted something on Facebook. I'm like, whoa. He said, God saved my soul. I'm like, this guy's a Christian. Sweet. But he has also saved my life many times over the years. My biggest problem these days is stubborn nature that wants to know why. So I, I, I called some scientists, and I put in a placebo and a double-bind study. And on Facebook, I did this really cool survey. I said, why did Jesus come? And I got a lot of different answers, right? Because a lot of people want to know why. Remember, remember, we're supposed to remember the reason for the season. And it says, why did Jesus come? It said, to make a way for us to be back in his presence, is what I, one of the things on Facebook. To communicate and de demonstrate what God is like. Uh, one person said, because he loves us. Uh, one person said, to, to save us and forgive us our sins. To make us strong, someone said. 
to show us how we should live in love, to, to fulfill the law, to save a wretch like me, to die on the cross, to serve and save the lost, someone said. Redemption of the world is the reason he came, and to show us the Father. And, and if you guys don't mind, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to hear what the, the Word of God says about why Jesus came. Is that cool? In fact, these are Jesus' own words. I would rather speak. Because how many of us say, well, I think that this, and I think that that, and I, what I believe is this, what I feel is that. And it does not matter what we feel, what we think, what we want to know, what we've heard, what we've been taught. And in fact, what I want to p- have people do is challenge me. If, you ever re- if I ever say something that doesn't line with the word, I want you to come to me and go, hey, bro, because I'd rather you be, you, like I'd rather be embarrassed than at one, one day hear and be in front of Jesus himself and go, bro, why were you teaching that? Because this is what I said. Amen? So John 18, 33 through 38 says this, and he's in front of Pilate, and I'm sure he didn't feel like being here, right? But he's in front of Pilate, and he's been wrongly accused, and he's about to be crucified. And in John 18, 33 through 38 says this, in verse 33, Pilate went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? In other words, if you're claiming to be the king of the Jews, you have to be punished. Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied, your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from a, another place. And here's Pilate. Oh, oh boy, oh, you are a king then. Right? Said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was what? Oh, newsflash. Right? We got to remember the reason for the season. Oh, we actually can know what Jesus said was the reason he was born. The reason for Christmas. The reason for the decorations, which are awesome, by the way. The whole reason we're doing this, the compass that's going to guide us, man. The reason I was born and came into this world is to testify to the truth. Is it any wonder why the very first value that we have, that, that, that outlines every other value that we have in New City Church that Matt talked about last week, the very number one is truth. Because God is truth, the word is truth, Jesus is truth. In fact, Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I was talking to Mayor Don this past week. We were talking about the Christmas tree lighting this week and that kind of thing, just uh, some of the events that were going on. And man, he's running for the Kansas, Kansas House, Re- House of Representative 43rd District this year. And, and man, we need to keep this cat in prayer big time because, you know, we were talking. He says, man, I almost don't want to do this. Only because the, pol- the political world has lost its way, lost its, comf- its, its compass, right? I mean, and, and it's absolutely true. And we're sitting there talking about Jesus is the compass. Jesus is the one. This, Jesus is the truth. So, and and, and it, what's crazy is that even Pilate said, retorted, he says, what is truth? What is truth? How many people have, have heard people say, oh, truth is all relative. Oh, truth is all. No, truth is truth. And truth is Jesus, man. And here's what's happening in the political world. And it was what kind of I was thinking, man, man, Don made me start thinking about this. It's like, it's like in our country, we elect those who we want in, in office. Amen? You catch what I'm saying on that? 
And so if our political world is jacked up, messed up, it's because we're jacked up, messed up, and we, and we put them there. Catch what I'm saying on that? They are essentially, the politicians are essentially the ones who are serving their people. And it's the people who are losing their way. It is the people who say, remember the reason for the season, but don't actually follow the reason for the season. They don't understand what the reason for the season really is. They think, oh, it's because Jesus was born. No, he came to testify to the truth. And even Pilate looked at me like, what's that? I mean, this crap was going on 2,000 years ago. It was like, truth is all relative. The truth is no matter what you believe. Truth is truth. Is what's true for you is true for you. What's true for you is true for you. But as long as you're sincere, it's true for you. But, but what if my truth says your truth is a, is a lie, right? Uh, no, no, what you believe is a lie. Is that true? Come on, man. I started quoting some Lecrae rap. Sorry. Can't help it. I've got rap up in my soul, baby. <laughs> you won't let me either, will you? <laughs> See, God has simplified things for us. He made it straight. He pointed the compass. This is it. And the hardest thing in the world Sometimes it's to go by that compass. Because everybody else is going, go this way. Everybody else is going this way, this way, not that way, because that's, that's so intolerant. That's so narrow-minded. So simple doesn't mean easy, does it? Simple just means simple. And it's the hardest thing in the world to do sometimes. That's why we teach people to obey. It's why we teach people not just to read the Bible and learn the Bible and study the Bible, but to do what it says because it doesn't matter if we learn it and memorize it and do all these kinds of things. It does not matter if we do all that. If we do nothing with it, amen? God doesn't need us, but he desires us so badly that he did all this stuff on our behalf. How generous is all that? And he's complete without us. God's generosity is evident by him showing us the truth because I'm telling you, man, I'm like, that is awesome that God wouldn't just go, hey, you guys figure it out. You're the one that sinned. I made you. I made all this, so everything for you. made your heart beat, made your blood flow, made the oxygen come into your lungs. You're the one that jacked up, not me. Figure it out. It is the most unselfish act in history for him to send his son to be born and to actually tell us why he did it. And we still say, oh, I think he did it this way. I say, what does he, what does he say? I'm going to land this plane. I'm going to finish this out with this. It's in Ephesians 1, 3 through 4. Because what we say in our church is that we, we say, what does God say? And what are we going to do about it? And in, the, and in Ephesians 1, Paul talks to the first century church. and says, this is how we are to be. And in verse 3, he says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Listen to that. He chose us before the creation of the world. I mean, and I'm like, well, what does it mean to be chosen? I mean, some people are not, I, I guess. I mean, it's what, what he chose, but he chose us. I mean, rather than like questioning God, like, what does that mean? I'm not going to follow God until I know everything about it. Well, if God could be understood fully, he wouldn't be worth worshiping but i tell you what i was the awkward fat kid growing up unathletic and everybody else got chosen before me man i love being chosen i love being chosen by god chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy 
and blameless in his sight. And the only way to be blameless and, and holy in his sight is through Jesus Christ. In love, he predestined us for adoption. Don't worry about what predestination mean. Man, if we could understand God and the fact that he is outside of linear time, the fact that he said, I, I am who sent me to Moses rather than I was or I will be. He says, I was, I am, and I am to come. Wow. In love, he predestined us for adoption through sonship. We are his kids. Through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. He didn't just trickle it, man. He like dunked it on us, right? With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. To be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen. Thank you, Lord. Having been predestined according to the plan of him who, who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of, of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of, say it, New City, truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. How wonderful it is to be able to walk with God all the time. Them, New, New, them Old Testament cats would love that. We think, man, I wish I could see you like fire come from heaven. I'm sure the Old Testament guy's like, man, it would be nice to be with God no matter where I'm at. Whoa. It was a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And all New City Church said, amen. So I'm reading this, man, and I'm listening, looking at this whole idea of what it means to be unscrooged. And I'm, looking, I'm thinking, man. For God to, to do what he did, to, for him to set up over thousands of years, this is what he's going to look like. This is what the Messiah is going to be. To him, for him to actually, for mine and your sorry, un, undeserving behinds, for him to say, I'm going to make history, manipulate history, I'm going to put people in history, I'm going to place people here, I'm going to put people here, I'm going to do things here, I'm going to set up governments here. And, I'm gonna do all, and for all that history, man, he, and he culminates it, perfectly at just the right time here comes jesus he did that for you and me how generous and since then we've had the holy spirit with us all the time and how generous it is and if he did that I mean, i'm tired thinking hell must be a terrible place hell must be awful and on the flip side of that heaven must be absolutely amazing and we in God's eyes, must be absolutely worth it. I don't want to hear self-esteem ever again. It makes me want to throw up. Our esteem comes from God. He did all that for you and for me. I was... Daniel back there. Where's your hat, man? Where's your cowboy hat at? Giddy up, cowboy. Come on. <laughs> we uh, 
have a time, Daniel and I do every Sunday morning, that um, we get to dry, ride in together. And uh, Daniel teaches me a lot, man. That dude has got a brain, and God has given him some crazy concepts. Switch him around. My bad. God's given him some crazy concepts, for sure. And uh, one of the things he said to me, kind of blew my <laughs> sorry. One of the things he said to me, and it, and it really impacted me a great deal. He said, you know, he's got three beautiful girls, man. He and Alicia, just great kids. He said, but you know, my kids don't have to work at being my kids. They just know. You ever thought about that? My kids don't have to work at it. They don't have to do chores to be my kids. They don't have to, you know, like do all this stuff to do be my kids. They don't have to go to church to be my kids. They don't have to study the Bible to be my kids. I'm like, like that's what that, that that's amazing. We're chosen children of God. And when we rest in that, when we just say that's who we are, man, we don't have to feel like we've got to go do this and got to go do that and got to go do that and got to go do that. Man, if we just guided by him, we're walking with him. And I love that. I appreciate that, Daniel. And if he don't start writing this stuff down, I'm going to steal everything he's got. You need to copyright that stuff. Father, we love you. And we thank you so much for your generosity, You, the fact that you are not stingy and i mean you have lavished this on us as your kids you you came and and you said this is what i'm going to look like when i come to you this is what i'm going to look like this is what it's going to happen and you did it and you didn't have to you don't need us you don't i mean you don't have to have anything there's nothing we can do to improve who you are but god you are god and you're perfect and you're awesome And yet you have such a desire for us, you sent your one and only son. Not not to condemn us, God. The world is condemned already. We get that, Lord. But you came to testify to the truth. To testify to the truth, you came and you died. You rose from the dead. You saved us. You chose us. And you testified to that truth. God, that is amazing that you have given us that, that compass. God, as we live our lives this week, man, we love coming and celebrating and being here together, Lord. But may we not forget that you are the truth, the way, and the life. God, we love you. And it's in your son's amazing, awesome, beautiful, historic, beautiful name. Jesus Christ, all God's people said, amen.